0: Welcome back to Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blonner. This is Dave Lovage. And in this episode, we will be recapping the NHL from February 14th the 23rd by going over the news stats standings our base winner and loser of the week team of the week our question of the week and more A want to get us started with the news
1: yeah let's jump right into it with some good news Henrik Luckvist is back to skating again not too competitive though as he's coming back from injury with the Washington Capitals we are so excited to see this and speedy recovery to him and also, the New Jersey Devils announced a new captain for their team, Nico Hershier. And so, good luck to Nico, and, and hopefully he'll be able to carry the team with some good leadership.
0: Yeah, um, love to see Lundqvist back on the ice. Obviously, the heart condition not going to be too good, anyways. But especially with COVID, so we had to take the year off. You know, New Jersey. Uh, sorry, not New Jersey. That's next. But Washington. I mean, they're, we thought their goaltending might be an issue. Not so much this year. It's going to be, you know, curious. I'm going to be curious how Lundqvist is going to fit in next year. Maybe signs the new team. Maybe he doesn't. But anyways, it's good for him, you know, recovering back on the ice. Devils with Nico here, I think, really, in that, in his draft, I think it was, like, 2017, maybe 2018. Um, Actually, yeah, I think it was.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. It's not important. Anyways, it's between him and Nolan Patrick, and both of them have had vastly different careers. He's here playing extraordinarily well for an up and coming Devils team. Nolan Patrick, not playing too well, obviously with his injuries, but for Flyers team, that's very, very good. I think the Flyers are going to be better now, but he's here in the Devils will definitely be cup contenders in the future. And then we're going to move on to our more sad section. We have a plethora of injuries coming up. So, yeah, I'm just going to start with some of them. We got William Borgen is out six to eight weeks with a fracture in his forearm. Tebo Teravinen was diagnosed with a concussion. Jacob Markstrom is out day-to-day for a while. I'm uh, not sure what that means, but he'll be out for a period of time. Eric Carlson's out week-to-week. And Jake Muzzin broke a bone in his face. Obviously, obviously some big names here in Teravinen, Carlson, Muzzin, Markstrom, so hopefully some more speedy recoveries here, but some big losses for their teams.
1: Yeah, there are some more names with an injuries. Um, Elvis Merz- Merzlikens is out week to week with an upper body injury. Jake Maccab may be out for the whole season. Slater Cuckoo is out for the rest of the season with a broken collarbone, so that's going to hurt. Um, Ivan Barberchev is out at least six weeks with an ankle injury, and Jacob Truba is out four to six weeks. All these players have big effects on their teams, but they're all. But hopefully, they could all have a speedy recovery soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a big loss here. Truba, Cuckoo, Barbashev—all big for their team, but none bigger than what's coming up. Not an injury, but Panarin uh, is taking a leave of absence after being accused for beating up an 18-year-old in Russia back in 2011. Um, yeah, big loss for the Rangers here. Uh, I mean, it's not good that he beat someone up, but yeah, I mean, that kind of sucks for him. And yeah, like all these injuries, all these people that are out, that is not good for them and their team. So a lot of speedy recoveries here. Hopefully not like a lot more injuries in the future, because when we were writing this list, we were going through, oh my goodness, all these injuries. Uh, it's obviously unfortunate for them but we're going to move on to Alex Galchenyuk being traded again um yep. this time to the Leafs in exchange for Igor Korshev and David Worsofsky former Bruin by the way and um yeah i mean Galchenyuk big journeyman of the league so yeah
1: yeah, I think that this is, like, his seventh team in the past, like, 32 months or some stat like that. Uh, he's been a lot of different places, but uh, I guess he wants to go back up to Canada, which I really don't blame him for. And also, the Winnipeg Jets claimed Eric Comrie off waivers from the New Jersey Devils. So that's going to be a good pick for them. They needed a bit more depth, and that's what they're taking.
0: Yeah, they got uh, – I mean, I, I, I like it. You know, the Jets have four solid goalies. And obviously Hellebuck, but Laurent Boisson. They got Stuart Skinner, you know, in the AHL. Actually, I think he's the backup right now because Boisson is out. Then Eric Comrie, you know, for the AHL team. So good for them. He's on the Jets before, and now he's back on the Jets. To move on to goal or to the stats. And we're going to start with the goals we got in first place. Austin Matthews, a ridiculous 18 goals. He's blowing everyone out of the water. And fun fact, before their lo- their 3-0 loss to the Flames last night, he opened up the scoring four times in a row like for their game. So Matthews getting on the board first, and then the Maple Leafs going on to play well, going on to win. And then in second, we got McDavid with 12, tied with him is Besser with 12. Next up, we got got Foley with 11, and then a ton of other people with 10. I mean, right now, Matthews running away with the Rocket-Richard uh, trophy. But, you know, still a good amount of season left. Pasta, nine goals, nine games. McDavid, obviously, he's McDavid. So, I don't know. I mean, right now, I think Matthews is most likely going to win, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Uh, it lo- it's looking like as he just fell a little bit short of time for the Rashard trophy last year, it looks like he's out for revenge. Again, he's cruising, but Poster coming back for injury may be his biggest concern, but I'm going to move on to the assists category. I'm sure you all can guess Connor McDavid is leading the league in assists with 25. And then Mitch Martyr with 21, then Leon Drysdale with 20 Quinn Hughes is still up there with 19 assists. And then Patrick Kane with 18. So uh, not too many uh, of these players have racked up more assists since last episode, except for Mick David, of course. He's been doing very well for himself, and it's good to see that. And then also, like, the, everyone here is a big name, so, like, especially Leon Dreissel, Mitch Marner, Patrick Kane, even Quinn Hughes. And It's a pretty tight race after that, though, because they're all within one assist from each other after Mick David.
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm a little surprised that Matthew's not first on this list. He has 18 goals, great goal scorer, pretty good two-way game, but, you know, not the best playmaker, or maybe because he's the number one scoring option. See in basketball all the time. Like, these great scorers are also great playmakers, but they don't get the chance to show that off because they're scoring too much. All right, (laughs) next up, we're going to go over the points, which is goals and assists combined. We got McDavid in first with 37, Dreisaitl with 30, Tied with him is Marner with 30. Then we got Matthews with 29. And uh, Kane and Shifley tied with 26. So, yeah, I mean, no big surprises here. We're seeing the front runners of the league pretty much just run away with all these points. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we've also seen – uh, goalie stats have been skewed a little bit lately, so I'm, I'm going to take us over to our new goalie set this week. It's a percentage, but a minimum of five games played to keep the players who have played one game. I think there was this guy on the Sharks. I forget his name. He played one game, got a shutout. He's on top of those stats, and he will be for the rest of the season. So, in first is Mark andre Fleury with .942 save percentage, and then Mike Smith of the Edmonton Oilers with .94. Then Mackenzie Blackwood holding New Jersey high with a .938, and then Philip Grubauer with a .932, and Jake Allen tied with him with a .932 save percentage. These are all really good guys, and I have to say, a lot of you guys are – big benefits to the teams that they play on, especially looking at Philip Grubauer. Last season with the Colorado Avalanche, like everything was perfect except for the goalie situation was a little shaky, but Grubauer is really stepping it up now.
0: Yeah, and same thing with Fleury. He was, you know, getting shopped around, being traded, and a ton of trade rumors. Leonard goes down. Fleury really steps up, playing extraordinarily well, playing like vintage Marc-Andre Fleury. So, yeah, I mean, Jake Allen, backup for the Canadians, all great players here. Actually, hold on. I'm going to go back to my Matthews point. He's not doing bad. Like He's not bad. What, he has 11 assists? That's not, yeah. That's, that's very good. I'm just saying, like, McDavid-level assists. Okay,
1: sorry. Just... I, I don't think anyone else has McDavid-level level assists. Like, the next position off is four assists later, which is Mitch Marner. Like, it's going to take a while for people to catch up to him, but he's in no sign of slowing down. Yeah, sorry, no,
0: no, no, uh, Austin Matthews Slander here, but we're going (laughs) to move on to the standings section of our podcast. We're going to start off with the Scotia North division. First, we got Toronto. Second, we got Edmonton with 24 points as our Toronto 30 running away division. Second, we got Edmonton with 24. Third, we got Winnipeg with 23. Fourth, we got Montreal with 21. Fifth, we got Calgary with 19. Six, we got Vancouver with 18 seventh we got Ottawa with 11 I mean as I said before Toronto running away with this division Montreal kind of falling off a bit after their extraordinarily hot start you know still in a playoff position and they do have less games played than any other team in this division but yeah I mean Winnipeg Edmonton a couple of surprises up there but Toronto really running away The really the story of this division
1: Yeah, also, I'm just going to make a point on the playoffs for this division. Um, Like they all have 20 or 19, 20, even Vancouver's 22 games played. So when it comes time for the playoffs, they won't be playing in that like week or two when all the American divisions are going to be catching up from missed games due to COVID. So they might have that advantage coming into a playoffs and we could see them perform a lot heavier and a lot with a lot more energy in the first couple of rounds than some of the, of the other divisions. But speaking of those other divisions, let's move on to the central division. Um, the Florida Panthers have been taking this league by surprise. They were currently 12, three and two with 26 points in first and then Carolina hurricanes with 25 points. And then the Tampa Bay lightning with 23 points, but Tampa is only one game played less than Carolina. And then also in fourth is the Chicago Blackhawks with 22 points. The Columbus Blue Jackets with 20 points. Dallas Stars have been falling off due to COVID. They only have 14 points. Nashville also only with 14 points. Then bottom of that division, I'm sure everyone knows, is Detroit. They have 12 losses, five wins this season. Not looking too good, but 13 points. But they aren't too far behind as people thought they they would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a big reason for Detroit uh, not being too too far behind is because they played three more games. Nashville, who's right behind them, Dallas on a huge losing skid. They had 52 shots to the Panthers, and their three one loss to them last game. Obviously, sorry. Obviously, Florida uh, in first place. Like that, that's a big surprise. I mean. Not only, it's not like they have more games played than everyone else. They have one more than Tampa, but their points percentage is higher. They're playing extraordinarily well. Chicago, you know, after my prediction saying that they would lose more than 40 games, they really proved me wrong. They're in a playoff position right now. They're 9-6-4, and fours, so good for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still think Columbus and Dallas will catch Chicago. I do think the top three teams in this division are locked for the playoffs. Maybe Nashville will catch up, definitely not Detroit. So I think it's pretty pretty good division. Right, we're going to move on to the East Division. First place, we got the Boston Bruins with 24 points. Second, we got Washington with 21. Third, we got New York with 21. Fourth, we got Philly with 19. Fifth, we got Pittsburgh with 19. Sixth, we got New York with 15. Seventh, we got New Jersey with 14. With 14. Eighth, we got Buffalo with 12. A very important note about Buffalo Um, Jeff Skinner, who they paid nine million dollars to a couple seasons ago after he scored 40 goals, he's getting what nine million for uh, a long time. Is yeah, scratch, he's He's playing horrible. That sucks for Buffalo, it's a terrible contract. It's really going to hinder them. It's really going to hinder them Uh, in the future. They won't be able to pay Eichel as much. I do think they'll have to trade him. Uh, like they're not playing well, it's not like they can offer him that much money. So, yeah, and then Boston headlining the division.
1: Yeah, also Boston has a few games play less than the people below them, the Washington, New York. But um, I'm just going to point out, when you said New York for third place and sixth place, if third place is the Islanders and sixth place is the Rangers. It's okay. It's just the Islanders have been playing a lot better than the Rangers, especially with them losing our 10 Panera for a little bit. And also they've just been underperforming. Um, Let's move on to the West division. We got Vegas in first with 23 points, St. Louis blues in second with 22. Then in third is Colorado avalanche. And then also in fourth with is tied in points with Colorado is the Los Angeles Kings, who I'll get to later on our up team of the week. And then the Arizona coyotes also has 19 points and then 18 points is Minnesota and in sixth and seventh place is San Jose Sharks with 16, then the Anaheim Ducks with 15 points. But so this division is actually looking a lot tighter. Like Colorado seems to be playing really well consistently, but uh Los Angeles has been surprisingly good along with Arizona and Minnesota. They've both been playing pretty well recently. And so they're all tied with 19 and then Minnesota with 18 points.
0: Yeah, I mean top three, Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, no surprise. I think they're all locked for the playoffs. Fourth place, you know, it's very tight between L.A., Arizona, Minnesota, San Jose, and Anaheim. I don't think Anaheim and San Jose will make playoffs. I do think it will be between L.A. and Arizona and Minnesota. Minnesota playing, Minnesota playing very well. You know, we got Krill Kaprazov, I think, my rookie of the year. I think he's playing extraordinarily well. So, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty good division. We're, we're going to have to see how this one shapes out at the end of the season. We're going to move on to our up team of the week, our team that played very well. And for that, um, me and Abe actually agree on this one. Uh, We're both gonna go with the LA Kings. They beat the Wild 4-0 with quick getting a shutout. Then um, they beat the Coyotes in a shootout. Then a nice little 4-2 win with an empty netter, you know, playing extraordinarily well. I think LA, I mean, do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably not, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know uh, some of that 2012, 2014 playoff magic from them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I think it's possible.
1: Yeah. I think like with the King so far this season, like Kopitar has been playing and Drew Doty have been playing great all season, but I think like the really, the key to turn this car on was Jonathan quick. Cause he has two, he got two shutouts uh, in a three to four and a three win and and a four goal win and he's been playing really well and he's been really coming back to his true form after he's been like really bad for a long time. So if he could keep this up, the Kings will very likely make the playoffs, maybe even take the third seed over Colorado. We don't know, but I doubt that's going to happen considering how good Colorado is, but they've been playing really well and a lot to attribute to that is Jonathan quick. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, Kings playing extraordinarily well, but now we're going to look at the flip side of it. We're going to look at our teams or our team that did not play very well. I got the Dallas Stars. They only lost one game this week, so they only played one game. But they have lost six in a row. And as I previously mentioned, they led up 52 shots against the Panthers, just let Hudobin out there to dry. Overall playing very poorly, not getting the scoring that they need. So not necessarily this week. But overall, the past couple of weeks, I mean, obviously this week they had one game and they did lose. But yeah, I mean, just not getting the the production that they need. Yes, Sagan and Bishop are still out. It's one of the big pieces. But still, I mean, Dallas made it to the Cup last year. You got to play better.
1: Yeah, they've really fallen off. And a lot of it is due to COVID, though. But I'm going to go with the Anaheim Ducks for my down team of the week. They lost to the Sharks by one like a week ago, but then they lost to the wild twice with a total of a six goal differential at a five to one loss and um, a three to one loss. And that ain't too good over two games. And then they also had a really tough loss to the Coyotes where they gave up four unanswered goals. It's just not looking good. And they put Trevor Zigros back in who, uh, but he didn't do too much in his first game. But, like, that's his first game in the NHL. Can't give him a lot for that. But then, like, this is over the past week. And also their power play percentage has been 8.9%. That is really bad. And they just threw themselves from, like, maybe slipping into the playoffs to at the bottom of the league. It's it's just not looking good for Anaheim. And it's tough when you lose four games in a row.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Zegers, I love Zegers. I really hope they don't waste his career there. It's not like they have a great future. They have a pretty good, one. you know, they got Zegers and prospects coming up. But I mean, right now they're not really expected to win. And I mean, I think Gibson might get traded if they're not playing too well. Star goalie for them. So I don't know. I mean, the Ducks. Come on, you gotta pick it up. Do it for Zegers. I love Zegers.
1: Yeah, make
0: America happy. <laughs> Yeah, there's amazing performance in the World Juniors, but that was a different episode, uh, you can check that out, it was about a month ago, and move on to our lineup of the week, Um. so me and Abe actually do have the same lineup of the week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was pretty unanimous over here, at least for us. There were some players who may have sneaked in, but then just looking at the stats, it's like you have to put these guys in. We're going to go with David Posternok with four goals, zero assists, though, but only in two games played. Leo, why don't you give the next player?
0: All right, next we got Austin Matthews. Seven goals, five assists in five games played. That is absolutely ridiculous. Austin Matthews playing on another level right now. I mean, he's playing so well. I mean, just extraordinarily well. I think what he went on an eighteen-game point streak or something. Yeah, insane. Like he's playing so, so so well. Austin Matthews from a town or from Arizona, which isn't normally a hockey state. Right, we saw that determination in him when he went all the way to Europe to Zurich to play or Zurich to play. Um hockey instead of going to like juniors or whatever we saw that determinant Matthews determination in Matthews there's a reason he was the number one pick and it was to perform like this and that's why he is playing extraordinarily well
1: yeah he has been on fire this season and then also we're gonna go with Connor McDavid he has three goals six assists and those three goals came from one hat trick and in only four games played he's been on fire and like Again, with Matthews too. There's a reason these two guys are at the top of the standings for everything, and they and they're still there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, McDavid playing, playing, playing well. You know, playing like McDavid. This is what, like a fifth, sixth week in a row we've had him on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so to expect McDavid here. Next up, we got Keith Gandel, one goal, four assists, and five games played for a Panthers team that's playing extraordinarily well. Not to mention, he's also playing well defensively. So, yeah, that's why he's in our lineup of the week.
1: Yeah, also good for our other defensemen, we're going to take Drew Doughty of the L.A. Kings. Like, he's been playing a lot better this past week in addition to his pretty good season. This week he has one goal, three assists in four games played. He's also been locked down on defense. He's been helping Jonathan Quick.
0: Yeah, and as, speaking about Quick, we we have him as our goalie um, of the week. Earlier season – or, sorry – In the beginning of the season, he was struggling, but right now, I mean, he's playing extraordinarily well. Two shutouts, two goals allowed, 79 saves in three games played, just playing extremely well. You know, got to hold down that fort. Goaltending is very important. No matter how good your team is, how bad your team is, if you have a good goal, you always got a shot to win. Quick's giving them a shot to win, and that's why the Kings are playing extraordinarily well.
1: Yeah. And – I think it's time for us to move on to our question of the week. Leo, here is my question for you. What are your thoughts on the Lake Tahoe games that took place a couple days ago?
0: Well, first, I would just like to say they were absolutely phenomenal. We saw some great players play, some great hockey. But I will start with one criticism. It was a little dumb that they started the first game, the Vegas-Colorado game, while it was, while the sun was out, like the ice conditions were horrible. That's my only negative about that. But otherwise, great setting. Lake Tahoe in the background, just beautiful. BEA, beautiful. It was perfect. It looked so nice. It was, oh, perfect. All right, and then all the teams had a lot of fun. Both games, they were very entertaining. I mean, the Flyers were a little depleted because they didn't have, like, like, six out of their top nine forwards or something due to COVID. Yeah. But – I mean, I like it. Like, honestly, I like the fans in the football stadiums, baseball stadiums, whatever. But in the future, I'd love it if they just did no fans in a beautiful, perfect, nice setting. Maybe on a lake, again, golf course, you know, perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, in the theme of this episode, I'm going to agree with you on a lot of these points, but this was so much fun. It was beautiful. And even though the Flyers had, uh, you said, six of their nine top forwards out, uh, the Bruins turned that into a very fun game, especially at one point scoring three goals in 99 seconds and imposter not getting that hat trick. But um, one thing I would suggest is I would do it like farther north, maybe even in Canada once COVID is over and travel, it would be allowed again because, like you said, then the sun would be a lot less likely to melt as it would be a lot colder up there. Also, I was, like, just hearing about Lake Tahoe games. That's all I had for information for a while. And so I was like, oh, they're going to be playing it on a lake. That's going to be beautiful. But then it was on a rink next to the lake. And uh, as Lake Tahoe doesn't really freeze over, I just didn't really think of that. And there were, like, people boating around in T-shirts. It gave it a bit of a summer vibe. but And I definitely really agree with you on your point of no fans. I really think it made it a lot better because, like, in outdoor game like though there wasn't like a huge stadium instead it was like the na- it was like seeing the nature and the mountains and it was beautiful especially at sunset and it was and also when there is fans at game it's like you have the rink then like the boards around the rink and then like maybe a few hundred feet and then the start of the fans it's like it's always seemed a little disconnected on those winter classic games yeah, I mean, yep.
0: I had oh, I guess one one more thing is a little annoying during the sunset uh in the second game with Tuga Rass, he was just staring into the sun. Like it was a little uh, it doesn't matter. They ended up winning seven three, but I mean there was one that, like I think it was the first goal, Joel ferriby scored, and what happened was they like dumped it in hard, so they kind of shot it in, and Rass couldn't really pick it up, I guess, or maybe he thought it was a yeah. like, different legacy. Uh, looking at the sun, and then it bounced right back in front of the goal. It didn't pick it up in time, and then Ferriby just uh, scored five hole. So a little bit of a disadvantage. However, it didn't matter because second period the sun went down or was down far enough where there was no uh, like glare on the ice. So yeah, besides that, thought it was perfect. It was beautiful. Also love the pasta hat trick, and yeah,
1: yeah. Um, another point on my like doing it farther north, not exactly on the Nevada California border. But um I like the idea popped in my head about Lake Louise in Banff in Alberta would be like the, one of the perfect places because there's like a town next to there next to that lake to practice and also it freezes over for most of the winter and if it gets thick enough there it'd be amazing to see them actually play on a lake but I guess having a Zamboni out there would be a little tough but also remember not to disturb David Poshnok when Barbie girl is playing in the locker room that's the number one priority
0: Yeah, he said in his interview, uh, not directly post game, but like way after, Bruins are celebrating, bumping music, they're playing Barbie Girl, and then they tap Foster on the shoulder, and we're like, hey, we need you for an interview. They ask him a question, he's like, I'm going to be honest, I'm so bummed that you guys tapped on me, like I was having such a fun, or no, they were like, because he was wearing sunglasses. They were like, David, like, why are you wearing sunglasses? It's dark out. And he goes, well, in the locker room, we're having so much fun, we're listening to Barbie Girl, you tapped me, and I'm bummed now. And I think that just proves how close together the Bruins are, just all grown men dancing to Barbie Girl. I find that hilarious. That's just – I think that's really funny. It really speaks to the team when Pasta's really upset that he's missing Barbie Girl.
1: Yeah, got to get that man what he needs in so he'll keep performing at hat-trick level. But I think it's time for us to move on to our game time predictions. I'm just going to say, Leo, you have been slaughtering me still.
0: Yeah, we're just going to go over the game time predictions. What it is, uh, we do this every episode, but what it is is me and Abe just predict at the beginning of the day who's going to win all the games. So, so far, as Abe said, I'm beating him. Not as much as it was before. That's it's true. Not before. But that is uh, true. I have a 63.6 correctness percentage, I'm 170 and 97. Abe with a 51.6 correctness percentage at 138 and 130. Done this every day. So, yeah, it's a little fun game between us. If you guys want to play along too, you should. It is a lot of fun, you know, just predicting, seeing how good you are predicting the games. Also noticing the unpredictability of NHL games. You know, one little puck bounds, one this, one that, and the games are uh, for the other team.
1: Yeah, I have been taking the over a lot on this, and I've been paying the price, but I barely have a winning record. But it's been super fun. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blotner. And we are Twigs on the Rocks and have a great night.